bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. (laughs) This is Birds 365. Hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. And join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. And a good Tuesday morning, Eagle fans. Camp continues, but with a couple of new participants today that we're going to talk about here on Birds 365 over the next two hours. You got Mac and Mac for now. McMullen and McDonald here to hang with you, but Johnny Mac's got to exit stage left and head over to the Novacare Complex where the Eagles will be going full practice today. This is the walkthrough, right, John? They're going full practice. I know. They're, they're, this is not practice. a If it's a walkthrough, we're not in. Oh, there, you're not so there. You're sticking around a, me. Yeah. I forgot. Right? I, so it's either green or yellow. So, you know, my um, guess is it's uh, they're trying to replicate a, a normal game week. So my guess is this going to be a green practice, like a Wednesday on a normal game week. Uh, but we'll see. They, you know, they're hinky. <laughs> these days so you know hey. this practice wasn't originally on the schedule remember um when it uh when the official training camp they added this schedule uh they added this practice to the schedule um and they you know with the thought process of, of replicating a game week so yeah um, did did they reschedule that raven eagle game or is it being played when it was scheduled like six months ago uh, they did not. So yeah, right. it's an, so, uh, it's it, it, it's you know, and I know a lot of people. So this just dawned down them that they'd like to have a week where they're scheduling it like what would be a regular season week, even though they've known this game was coming for months. I wish I could tell you, um, you know, but yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm a lot of people have said to me. A lot of people have said, well, maybe they think they're not getting enough work done that's that no thank you for asking my next question before i even asked it asked it for me do, do you at least give that some credence that yeah they haven't quite accomplished what they wanted to accomplish at this time and said we better take that day off we were planning and actually use it no i don't here's why um what what what, what is an extra hour and 10 minutes, maybe hour and a half, whatever, hour and 40 minutes. What, what, what is that going to do in the big picture in, in August? I mean, if you're saying you're not getting enough work in, 
you're going to add more than one random practice. As far as, you know, I am a little. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Time out Philadelphia. I'm going to play John McMullen here. You can only do so much. The collective bargaining agreement doesn't allow you to do so much. What is one random practice? Well, what it means is plenty. But when you don't have all that much time to prepare for a season to begin with, because you've collectively bargained it all away, I'm not going to say this is a throwaway. But it, it, it's well, I'm not going to say it's a throwaway. Anytime you're practicing, it's <clears throat> it's it's better than when you're not practicing. But you know, the CBA is what it is. Yeah, you're limited, but you can also use as much time as humanly possible, like Andy Reid, somebody like that. Or you can do it the way the Eagles have done it. Adding one practice to what the Eagles do is not what Andy does, taking all available time. Like, if you want to take all available time, take all available time. That makes sense to me. Adding one rando practice is, and the explanation was, <clears throat> that was given to me, made sense why they're doing it. So, I, you know, and I, I believe them. I don't always believe them. Like when they talk about, like when Nick Sirianni talks about liking his linebacker room. Well, no, you're lying to me. Yeah, you don't he's like your linebacker with his room. linebacker room. Yeah. All right, I'm going um, out and picking up two guys off the yeah. scrap heap. So it's not like I'm deferring to them. I, I think it makes sense. They're not, you know, 90 minutes of extra work on a, on a, a Tuesday. What are we, Tuesday? It's training camp. I never know what day it is. Um, <laughs> on a Tuesday, on August Tuesday, August eighth. I mean, no, I don't. I, I don't and, think and, that's gonna the crux of. Oh, we got to get better on Tuesday, August eighth. We haven't gotten. A, I don't think that's the crux of it. All right, uh, <clears> maybe maybe you said and it went right over my head. Their explanation was what that you're buying into, other than. They actually could use a little more practice time. They want to. They want to replicate a game week from a preparation standpoint. Right. It, it, it's probably got more to do with the coaching staff than anything else, uh, than the players, because obviously the starters aren't going to play. They're trying to replicate a game week from a preparation. Remember, they have two new coordinators, so you know, that's a big deal. Okay. That's been underplayed so. by a lot of people, but that's a big deal. And I think if you're asking me about the game, also, I think the biggest deal about the game is the communication aspect between the new coordinators and, and the rest of the staff more than anything that happens on the field. So I think it's got more to do with the coaching staff replicating that game week than anything else. Okay, so uh, we've gone completely in a circle. I'm going to try this one more time. The preseason game against the Ravens was scheduled for Saturday, August 13th, six months ago, somewhere thereabouts. So it just dawned on the organization this week, hey, we haven't really had a full week of practice leading up to a game. They just figured that out this week when it was in place six months ago. That's where I'm getting a little fuzzy on this, John, that I just, oh, we need to get a full week of practice. Well, you knew that six months ago. Why, why was the schedule changed? Well, I've, I've, criticized, I've criticized this team for the schedule. Remember when the training camp schedule came out, uh, how late compared to some other teams. I've, 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 I've wondered for a while why this team is so – non-Andy Reedish when it like like I always joke about Andy 
if you ask Andy what his schedule is going to be in 2027, because he's got the CBA, it's not going to change. He knows what his schedule is going to be. Now, it's interesting because Sean Desai said the other day they had the training camp scheduled back in April. Uh, well, they didn't let us into it until three days before training camp started. Right. Now, they got a framework, and they know how they want to work, and basically it's they don't want to do a lot of back-to-backs. They want to, you know, they want to have to walk. So, yeah, fly by the seat of the pants. And somebody woke up one day, Nick, woke up one day and said, hey, I better, I better do this. I don't think he puts as much, and this is just not reporting. This is just my speculation. Right. I don't think he puts as much emphasis on the schedule as somebody like Andy. That's no, it. And, I think and... it's pretty simple. The schedule has uh, changed, as has the linebacker room, despite the fact that Nick Sirianni said when the two newest Eagles got signed the other day that he was pleased with the linebacker room. If I were certain Eagle linebackers, I'd be wiping my brow going, yeah, but the coach says he's pleased. Not really when you go out and you pick up two guys off the street and uh, give them $5 million between the two of them. And again, Still no details on how the two one-year up to $2.5 million contracts have broken out. You haven't seen or heard anything in addition to uh, that. Other than the $2.5 million, I haven't seen. But as yeah. I'm pretty confident it's it's five hundred. But we'll we'll see. That'll get confirmed probably by the end of the week. And uh, 500000 uh, as in guaranteed? Is yes, that what 500, 500 guaranteed is my guess. And it's going to be very, very close to that. If, you know, maybe a little bit more than less. Um, but I think it's going to be in that range. Um, but we'll see when it gets actually filed. And, um, but yeah, they're going to have some guaranteed money. So right. they're going to if, beat Nicholas Morrow. If Nick uh, Sirianni is uh, pleased with the linebacker room prior to uh, Jack and Zach coming in. Does he move to ecstatic today since he was already pleased mm. and they've added two new players, but we'll see if uh, they've got anything left in the tank. Uh, once they hit the practice field today, uh, he's got to be just stone cold ecstatic about the linebacker <laughs> position. Yeah. It doesn't bode well for a guy for yeah. like Nick Morrow who uh, came in on a non-guaranteed contract completely during the off. Well, you know, I'll say this. I'll say this about Nick Morrow. Uh, I I think he's an average player, to be kind. Uh, Below average starter in the NFL. But I don't think there's any guarantee. We haven't seen Zach Cunningham or Miles Jack yet. We'll get to see them today. They were there uh, on the open practice, but they didn't just stand in there. Um, We'll get to see him at practice for the first time today. It's conceivable they have nothing left. I, I go back to 2016, uh, Jim Jim Schwartz's first year, Doug's first year. Um, if you remember, he brought in Stephen Tulloch, who he had a mm-hmm. long history with, Tennessee and Detroit. Really good player. Really good player at the height of his career. He had nothing left. I mean, Nothing. And we're sitting there, well, Tullock's here with sports. He's going to be a big part of it. Nothing. He had nothing left. Um, So 
again, you know, Zach specifically, I think has been a, a really solid player. Miles has been a, 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 a real NFL player. Um, it's conceivable they have nothing left, but, you know, I still say if that's the case, because they're on right they're on the street August 5th or whatever it yep. was August 6th uh that tells you a lot the contract tells you a lot um but even in, in that scenario i think then they try again some other route whether it be a trade or signing or something like that Nick Sirianni's not happy with the linebacker room Howie Rosen's probably more unhappy with the linebacker room. He knows how he knows there's an issue. Hopefully this fixes it, but there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee it fixes it. I'll give you to make you help make your point. A couple other guys uh, that you never know when the tank is just going to run dry. You're Ryan Kerrigan. I thought when they signed Ryan Kerrigan a couple of years ago, I said, wow. If he's anywhere near what he used to be to get him for the price in the mix or whatever, no, he was done. And the Eagles basically carried him Robert all year Quinn long. last year. Yeah. Even though Robert, he Look was, at Robert Quinn. Robert that's, Quinn. That's where he's going next. Yeah. God, McMullen, you and I are yeah. on the same Sorry. page uh, this year. That's okay. 19 and a half sacks and, you know, a, what, a year and a half later, he's done. He's shot. Exactly. And, oh, by the way, and I, we want to get to this. Uh, they revealed the top 10 on the NFL.com player voting uh, top 100 players in the NFL. We knew Jalen Hurts was going to be up there. Just didn't know exactly where. Number three, Mahomes, number yeah. one, Jefferson, number two, Jalen Hurts, number three, ahead of Joe Burrow, ahead of Josh Allen. Can't go disrespect today, Eagles fans. Yeah, you, you got to put that card in your back pocket. Eagle yeah. disrespect. I don't think so. Number three in the whole league. That's pretty damn impressive. Um, and last year, uh, Robert Quinn was like number uh, 42 coming into the season. The 42nd best player in the National Football League coming into last year because the year before he had, had 18 and a half sacks. So when the players do this, and I know you uh, referenced this before because you're in the locker room there, when they hand out the sheets for the Pro Bowl voting, yeah, and some players finish their voting in what? At 45 seconds 90 seconds maybe give me a pen yeah. well God. we're but a little bit more than that because they usually write down about 10 names but let's see we're for uh, almost 15 minutes into the show they ain't taking this segment long to think about it so no yeah not even that's, not even that's close. how i'll describe it so yeah. uh i think you can go back and look at the list that uh, ended up being revealed all the way to number one last night and come up with the determination that yeah they're kind of slaves to the moment who was great the last time somebody was on the field and that's jalen hurts in the super bowl yeah we're gonna move them up significantly going from completely unranked in the top 100 it's, to number it, it, three what i love about all these lists all of them like i put the same it, at my list your list, NFL Network's list, players' list, media's list, PFF's list, all of them. I, I put in the same category, you know, because there's so many lists. You can you can like them, you can dislike them. If you dislike them, go on to the next one. I you know me, I never get up, upset, I never get fired up, but I love it. I love it when somebody finishes well, like Jalen. It's the greatest list in the world. Uh, and when somebody finishes poorly, same list, 
Hassan Raddick, they'll say, well, Hassan Raddick outplayed Nick Bosa. I think Nick was fourth. Yep. Hassan Raddick outplayed Nick. You can't have it both ways. All right. You like the list. You don't like the list. Um, can't well, I guess you can have it both ways if you're a hypocrite. But, right, you just yeah. don't care. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's all eagles all the time. It doesn't yeah. matter. Uh, not even trying to be uh, diplomatic about it. I, uh, Jam, I do want to get this in with you because when I saw this, I said, "Uh-oh, man, Johnny Mac can't be happy about this." Um, with the dirt of linebackers for the Eagles over the last couple of days, Davion Taylor giving his walking papers, new guys in, got to stand on the sidelines the other night at practice, but didn't actually participate. And the Kobe Dean injured or hurt or call it what you want, but hopefully not badly. And you think there's any chance he's out there practice today? Uh, good question. They had a day off, so maybe they ramp him back up. Um, but again, if he's not a hundred percent, they're going to be, they're going to, they're going to go on without him. I mean, they're not going to push him out there if he's not a hundred percent on August 8th. So um, if he's healthy, he'll be out there. If, he, if he's still feeling a little bit, they will, they will err on the side of caution. No question and, about it. And that was one thing that Sirianni <clears throat> said. And again, sometimes you have to try and, judge not only what nick says but the way that he says it as to how much plausibility you actually have to put into the stance you and i both raised the question mark flag when he said he was pleased with the linebacker room as you're cutting guys before uh at the first preseason game and you're adding guys that were on the street all off season before oh but we're pleased with the linebacker yeah sorry I, i'm throwing a bs flag on that one too but i did believe when he said the two signings mean nothing should read nothing into their confidence in the Kobe Dean. Now they could be proven wrong, but I believe that they believe that he's their middle linebacker and he's going to play every snap the same way that Edwards, almost every snap the same way that Edwards did last year. I do believe that we'll find out over time. Once it actually starts to count in games that uh, will be in the standings for the regular season, whether uh, Nick was a little overly optimistic or not, you know, me, Mr. Nicobe Dean, president of his fan club. So I'm I'm hoping that the coach has got the right read on it. He's watching get a film of him after practice every single day. And I hope they do really like what they're seeing. But they had a major dearth of linebackers at the open practice on Sunday night. And they actually did some, not many, but some drills with their second first round draft pick playing the outside linebacker position and again you and i talk about this all the time on the air what is an outside linebacker what isn't an outside linebacker what is an off-ball linebacker what isn't an off-ball linebacker what is an edge player as compared to what everyone always thought of as defensive lineups three linebackers four defensive linemen eagles actually play five but do you think there's any chance that they actually do try to use nolan smith as an outside linebacker, off-ball linebacker, call of what you want, uh, rather than an edge player? Or do you think that was just because they didn't have enough live bodies? Did, did, did you not tell me Sean Bradley was out there with the ones the other night? Because yeah, Ben Van Sumeren got a couple first-team reps and was actually calling the defense. He was the, he was the green dot for a couple reps. Um, so, yeah, that's how – that's how that's why if you want to know why Zach and uh, Miles are here, uh, 
maybe that's the best explanation of all. No, they're not going to play him at all, Paul Liebacker. Other than desperation, I always say, um, you know, when you get down to 53 in Avante Maddox, I go back to his rookie season. Look, nobody wanted to pay play Avante Maddox at safety. They had to because they had a bunch of injuries. So in that type of situation, when you're down to 53, could he play a game or two at all ball linebacker because they have to? Yeah, but only in that type of situation. They know what he is, and he's got great potential as an edge rusher. That's what they scouted him for. Um, they're not going to play him at all ball linebacker. That's one of the reasons, again, Zach, that's another reason. There's a lot of reasons why Zach Cunningham and Miles Jack are here. Because they don't want to play him an off-ball linebacker. <clears throat> and he's not an off-ball linebacker. But he does have the athleticism. Yeah, you know me, Jody. Labeling is a big problem yeah. at the NFL. You and I both. And, and especially when it comes to, you know, from the player perspective, it's a big problem for contracts, to be honest. But from a fan perspective, it's, you know, it's a problem from an education perspective. Um, cause you see linebacker, like if you put, pick up an Eagles roster, I got one right here, Jody, as, um, as provided to you by who, uh, the Eagles PR department, gotcha. <clears throat> uh, you know, Nolan Smith, Hassan Reddick, Patrick Johnson, uh, Kyron Johnson are all listed at linebacker in the same grouping with Nicobe Dean and Nicholas Morrow and Sean Bradley right. and Ben Van Sumeran. So I get why fans are, uh, and and a lot of fans are educated and they understand the difference, but I get why some fans don't understand the difference. Um, the difference is best described by where they are in the, in, in the meetings. Um, um, you know, the Nolan Smiths and the Hassan Reddicks of the world are in with Josh Wett and Brandon Graham. Uh, because they're edge players, and they're with Jeremiah Washburn. Uh, the all-ball linebackers are with uh, DJ Elliott, the, the all-ball linebacker coach. Uh, that's a, a better indication of how the Eagles view the player. Why they still do this, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It drives me insane. I know it does. That's why I had to bring it up today. Uh, and the Eagles are going to do what the Eagles are going to do. And like you said, you're you're given that depth chart by the Philadelphia Eagles, so they're going to do whatever they want to do. Um, I use our lads, uh, their depth chart to me, because they're not affiliated with any one team. The Eagles are giving you the only information they want you to have. Our lads is an independent source, and they too list Hassan Reddick as a linebacker. <laughs> No, he's not. That's why Hassan Reddick has become Hassan Reddick because the the team this year. Well, again, see to me, it's a it's we it's a, he he's a Sam linebacker. He's a strong side linebacker um, by dep by by labeling definition. All right, but that to me, when you're doing a depth chart, is not important. Where does he play? Jonathan Gannon would call it an overhang player. Mm -hmm. Um. He plays like an edge. He plays like an edge. That's why I think everybody should use the term edge player. Um, now, uh, Josh Sweat's more of a traditional defensive end with his with his hand in the ground. 
Um, so he is a Sam linebacker. Nolan Smith is a Sam linebacker. Uh, Patrick Johnson, Kyron Johnson, all the undersized guys are, are basically Sam linebackers, but they're edge players. The off-ball linebackers, the weak side, the Mike, those are the guys off the ball. It's a different position. It's a different position, but they clomp it all in as linebacker, and you have this, um, I don't know any other word to describe it, but lack of education because they clomp it all in, Um, and it's not indicative, and you see it all over because how many times you hear the term 4-3-3-4? Nicobe Dean was the team's third linebacker last year because TJ Edwards and 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 Kaiser White were healthy for every game. Nicobe Dean played 34 snaps. So what are you worried about 4-3? Right. It's it's uh, versus oh. and and then we'll say well the 50 fronts a 3-4. No it's not. It's a 5-2. It's a 5-2. Absolutely right. Uh, uh, it, you know, if you want to bang your head against the wall and say, well, Reddick's a linebacker and Josh Sweat's playing linebacker, he's playing outside linebacker, go ahead. I mean, I can't force you not to bang your head against the wall, but it's not the case. All right, Johnny, let me ask you this uh, because uh, people are going to draw the parallels from last year when the Eagles in season, at least they did it earlier this year before they even got a preseason game under their belt. Um, went out and added two veteran guys who weren't on teams who had had better careers between you and I, certainly, and Dominican Sue had, uh, than the two linebackers that they signed yesterday. But it, there's a similarity in that it's later in the offseason additions. We knew that when they made the signings they did last year, although they were, again, both defensive tackles, they were different players that yeah. brought different skill sets yeah. to the team Give me a comp between Zach and Jack, uh, between uh, Miles and Cunningham. What type of games do they have? How do you think they're going to be used? Are they actually only competing for one position? Are they competing against each other? How do their games fit what the Eagles need to do at linebacker? Well, they're both legitimate off-ball linebackers. So, uh, yeah, they're both in here to push Christian Ellis, Nicholas Morrow to play opposite uh, um, N'Kobe Dean. And your hope is the best one wins. I I think the Eagles' hope is the best one wins. And both have something left in the tank. And then you do have some durability concerns with Nicobe, can he play 17 games and the Eagles really want to play 20? Can he play 20 consecutive games? And it gives you a bit of an insurance policy if he's, you know, got a sprained ankle during the season and he's got to miss a game or two. So then which have, of those two would you say would be the better middle linebacker? If uh, I, 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 no question me, middle would be Cunningham um, from the way they played. Um, Jack would be more the weak side guy. And Jack could probably um, play a little bit on the edge as well because of his athleticism. But, you know, the Eagles have 75 edge rushers, so um, I I don't think that's going to come into play. But, yeah, Zach Cunningham, to me, would be a similar situation. If he's got something left in the tank, think of it like Cam Jurgens. Well, he's the starting weak side linebacker. Cam's the starting right guard. But if the center goes down, Cam's going to play center. Well, if the if the middle linebacker goes down, then Zach would play middle linebacker. That would be 
And again, we haven't even seen him practice once. Right. That would be. Um, my I'm asking you to speculate on what <laughs> yeah. they had done uh, formerly before. Uh, and one last thought, and then I know you got to run. Again, the other night, we touched on this yesterday, didn't go over it all that much. Marcus Mariota had trouble throwing the football. And he's had trouble throwing the football basically throughout camp. What he's done better than anything else is when need be, pull it down and take off. He's shown that he can still run, even though he's got, this is eighth year or ninth year in the league. He's uh, no spring chicken anymore, but he can still make plays with his legs and almost looks a little like Jalen when he does take off. But his throwing has been a problem. Does it not matter? Is he locked into the backup quarterback? If Jalen goes down, is Mar- they're going to sink or swim with Marcus Mariota for if it's four games? That's that's a big chunk of your season. There's no uh, chance that either of the two quarterbacks behind him no, could actually move no. into the backup slot, could they? No, those two guys aren't ready. No, those two guys aren't pushing Tanner McKee and Bullock aren't even pushing uh, Marcus Mariota. So, yeah, it's, you know. You hope he doesn't have to play, but I would say this, and I said it a little bit yesterday, and I'll say it today. The the second-team offensive line has been bad. It's one of the reasons they're shuffling there a little bit, um, especially the interior. Um, so, you know, bad snaps. A lot of times he's got to – that kills a whole play. That kills a rep, you know, a bad snap. They've had so many bad – and it doesn't even have to be a worm burner or – there's been a lot of those, but even even if he's got to bend down to 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 corral the snap, it it ruins the timing of the rep. So in a theory where he'd have to play, he'd be, be playing behind this great offensive line, and I think he'd be much better, to be honest. But he's never been an accurate quarterback. I I just don't think he's that accurate. Um, I I. You don't want to see him play, but you don't want to see any backup quarterback play. The 49ers being the outlier last year, but that's an outlier. Um, you never want to see. And certainly when you have a quarterback who is just rated the number three player in the NFL by his peers, you don't want the backup quarterback playing. Right. So I, yeah, I, but I think Marcus would be better, a lot better behind, and it makes sense the best offensive line in football. You, you know, the offensive line isn't helping them is, is how I would say. Would it not be at least in part <laughs> ironic that if Jalen Hurts has become the number three player in the national football league, who was drafted as a backup quarterback, the main reason the Philadelphia Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round when they did was because they wanted someone that they thought they could plug in year one as the backup to the often injured Carson Wentz, they <laughs> they they prioritize backup quarterbacks as much, if not more so, than any other team in the league if their season comes apart because they misjudged who to sign as their backup quarterback. Now, your point about, hey, Jody, come on. don't, don't He's playing with all the second team. The whole Eagle offense isn't going to get hurt, and they're going to try and put their whole second team offensive line and everybody else out there to try and win games this year. I get that. That's that's very accurate and very right. I hope that's the reason why Marcus Mariota struggled because, yeah, you never know. You never know what yeah. injuries are going to happen, and – the fact that the Eagles put a little time and effort into figuring out backup quarterbacks. Hopefully they got this one right. And we got a lot of time before the season gets underway. And hopefully 
is a conversation that's never necessary because Jalen Hurts stays healthy all 17 years. Uh, Johnny Mac safe uh, travels across the bridge. Uh, listen, uh, I won't talk to you till Monday. I need the next three days off here from Birds 365. I got to do some uh, WIP morning work. Uh, so I will be texting with you over the weekend, but I won't talk to you till Monday. Have a good day over practice. Uh, you too, Jody. Thanks for filling in. I see Tommy in the green room as well. Hi, Tommy. I won't get to talk to you. That's a disappointment, but he'll do a great job. So I appreciate it, guys. And uh, yeah, I'll see you Monday, Jody. Tommy Lawler uh, from EaglesBlitz.com coming up next with us here on Birds 365. Hopefully a little bit later, if I didn't screw it up. Uh, Ricky Ricardo, the voice of the Eagles en Espanol, who I was supposed to send a reminder text to last night. He said he'd come on with us uh, in hour number two today. Only I was on the air last night on WIP, so I kind of forgot to send Ricky the text. I'm going to send him a text now. Hopefully he gets it. Hopefully he's up. We know for a fact that Tommy Lawler is coming up next because he's already ready in the green room. Tommy Lawler here with us next on Birds 365. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement. But would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake them out. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings.
United Healthcare. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Half of the Mac and Mac squad, Johnny Mac had to make his way over to practice today. I believe it's on the size talking. Uh, they get a coach prior to practice, and then uh, will they go green or yellow today? My guess is only yellow because the Eagles don't put all that much emphasis. They added the practice. So I guess I shouldn't be uh, complaining about it. Uh, they are getting some more work in, and uh, Johnny will be over there. So I reached out to my guy, Tommy Lola from Eagles, I-G-G-L-E-S, Blitz, com to jump in with me and uh, fill the void today. TL, how's your summer going? It's good. How are you doing? Very good. Thank you for uh, jumping in with us. And yes, we've got football to actually pay, not just speculate on, but be able to see and evaluate certain things that uh, teams are doing to get ready for the regular season. And the Eagles is uh, chief among them here on Birds 365. Howie Roseman decided to redo his linebacker room. Not from top to bottom. The Kobe Dean, if healthy, is going to be the starter middle linebacker. I just told John, I believe Nick Sirianni when he said this. This is no reflection on the Kobe Dean, at least not yet. Um, but it certainly was a reflection on uh, Davion Taylor, who is no longer an Eagle and doesn't bode well for Nicholas Morrow. What did you think when you heard the Eagles had signed not one, but two linebackers off the street before uh, their uh, practice at the link on Sunday? Well, if Nicobe Dean's healthy, maybe they only sign one. But with the Dean banged up a little bit, um, I think, you know, adding two guys is work. Listen, as much as this is about a regular season, it's also a little bit about the preseason. They've got three games to get through. And you don't you don't want to just have guys out there for a ton of snaps if, if you want them to play for you this season. Uh, the preseason is different than the way you and I remember from years ago when your starters ate up a lot of reps. And uh, now they, they need guys to get through some of those games. But uh, I think, honestly, the linebacker position, I think initially they wanted to give the the holdovers a chance to show what they could do. And that's Sean Bradley. uh, That was Davion Taylor. And obviously the new guy, Ben Van Sumeren. See what those guys can do. Give them a few practices. Obviously, none of them jumped out and said, wow, you know, we're here to really push for starting time. So now all of a sudden you bring in a couple of veterans who have plenty of starts between them. You plug those guys in as your backups and you still let – Sean Bradley and, and Ben Van Zuberen, you know, get reps in, in practice, but you just don't, there's not an impetus there to push them into uh, key roles should somebody else get hurt. And uh, so you, you, you needed better depth. They, they gave the young guys a chance. None of, nobody really flashed the way that they had hoped. So uh, they needed some good backups. And I think they've got a, a couple of guys who, listen, they were on the street for a reason, right? You know, let, let's not oversell it. But these guys do have a history of being successful starters. So, uh, at the least, you feel like you've, you've got some guys who can get you through if, if needed. What we do here on Birds 365 and all the other media members cover the Eagles and shoot all our viewers and streamers. We all like to play uh, amateur general manager and try and figure out what the roster is going to look like when they have to get down to 53. The two additions they made are guys who are not going to be on the practice squad. So either they're going to make the 53-man roster or they're not. Do you envision a roster that's got both of these guys making the Eagles? No, no, no. So it's an, it's an I, either or thing. I think we, there's no question the Eagles like Nicobe Dean. They want that guy to be their key linebacker. Um, we'll see. Either one of Christian Ellis or Nick Morrow still has a good chance to start. 
one of these guys will be there, uh, has a real strong chance. Now, listen, they got to play well. They're not guaranteed anything. If they come in and they stink up the joint, and we've seen the Eagles bring in linebackers in the last four or five years who had promise and came in here and stunk the joint up and got cut. So these guys could fill right into to that that boat. But uh, I would think one of those guys, because when you look at your 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 depth chart, you know, Sean Bradley, you want on the team because you want him to play special teams. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's you know? why that's where it's going with the special teams, Tommy. Yeah, so you you keep one of these guys, and, and one of those guys will be, probably be okay with playing special teams, but you can't load up with all those guys. You, the other thing is you just want, you know, you need cheap young players. And uh, Sean Bradley's the guy that's been around for a couple of years. They'd love to keep him around, keep giving him chances to show what he can do. As we see the, with the, the safety position, Kayvon Wallace. Kayvon didn't do much his first couple of years in the league. Last year started to make some plays on defense, played better on special teams than this year. Kayvon's having a good summer. Mm-hmm. Sean Bradley could be a guy where things finally click for him next year. Maybe he becomes an even better player next year. So you never want to get run of young players that are showing you something. And especially for a guy who's a 28, 29 year old veteran who his best days are behind him. So uh, to me, I don't think they would keep both, but we'll see. So do we have to read into that, that Davion Taylor showed them nothing because they, they, they made the move away from him pretty damn quickly. Yeah, no, he didn't show up enough. There, there's no question. And, and you go back, uh, you know, in, in 2021, he had the game against Denver. He forced a couple of fumbles. He, he looked athletic, and you said, okay, maybe he can build on that. Well, he didn't build on that game. It just didn't happen. And then last year, he had a great OTAs. He looked great in training camp. And in the preseason games, got here. And I don't know what happened to him. He just lost it and was awful. Not bad, awful in the preseason games. And so he didn't make the team last year. He was on a practice squad and they've kept running and year three for him now. And they just hadn't seen the progress from him to say, you know, let's keep investing our time in him. And I'm sure it wasn't easy, but it's one of those decisions, you know, football sports in general, it's cold. You, there's, you just have to walk away from guys. You may love him. He sounds like a good guy. Right. So you just have to walk away from him and say, listen, our question right now is, can you help us win a Super Bowl?" Right. We're not we're not just trying to find some good players and, and do well. We want to win a Super Bowl. Can you help us win a Super Bowl? And the answer obviously is no. And oh, by the way, uh, even though we had a tie to the new Eagles linebacker coach, that wasn't enough to save Davion Taylor, which I like to see. Not for Davion. I feel badly for Davion. But the fact that the Eagles did not allow familiarity or the fact that he was a third-round draft pick, and when you're cutting a third-round draft pick only this few uh, years, it does not uh, reflect well on the general manager. Harry Roseman didn't care. He said, I've got to help this team this year, and i got to build the best team possible, roster possible. If that means admitting a mistake with Davion Taylor as a third-round draft pick, so be it. And I give uh, Roseman credit for it. I take credit away from using a third-round pick on him, but just doubling down and continuing to have him on the team just because you called his name out a couple of years ago is not good business, and how he did not go down that road. All right, you mentioned Kayvon Wallace. Getting reps, actually, with the first-team safeties – uh, most of us assumed that uh, they were going to go with uh, the free agent that they brought in from Pittsburgh this year as one of their starters, along with their uh, undrafted free agent, who has become a little bit of a cult hero here in Philadelphia in a very short time as their starting safeties. But it was going to be a rotational position. Um, it really wasn't last year. Um, only time you guys saw guys come in off the bench was when there was injuries. 
But Kayvon Wallace has fought himself into the mix for potential starter reps with this team. I didn't see it coming. Johnny Mack has said on the record he didn't see it coming either. Again, I think it bodes well for the Eagles that they're open-minded about certain things. Can Kayvon Wallace actually, this side, Reed Blankenship, who I think will get the most snaps at center, could Kayvon Wallace end up being the center, the, the safety who plays the second most snaps on this team this year? Yeah, it's certainly possible. And and the beauty of training camp is that everybody comes in and everybody gets a chance. The, the coaches say that, and I know some fans don't believe, but the coaches genuinely, they've seen enough. They've been around long enough. They've seen guys that come in with a great track record and fail. They've seen guys that come in with a mediocre track record and succeed. Coaches are looking for good players. They don't care who they are, where they come from, third round, fourth round, undrafted, veteran, young. They just, they're looking for players. And Kayvon showed promise last year. You know, the first couple of years, he was was flat out of disappointment. There's no two ways to, to say it. And then last year, he got on the on the field at a certain point, and he started a little slow. It, it looked a little uh, not not so great. He made some poor decisions, and I fe- I feel like the more he played, he, he he was able to work through any errors that came up, and he started to make plays and play with confidence. And he also played a lot on special teams. Maybe special teams gave him the confidence to succeed on defense. And now we're seeing that he's building on that. You know, the coaches love to use that phrase "stack practices." Yep. Don't just have a good day, have a good day, and then have another good day, and then another good day. Consistency is what they're looking for. And Kayvon is showing him something this year, and maybe he's going to be the guy that plays beside Reed Blankenship. Uh, it, 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 they would love to see because Kayvon's homegrown. Um, so they would love to see that. And Sidney Brown has started to come on a little bit in recent days. Terrell Evans doesn't say he's been bad, but Terrell Evans, I don't think he's done anything to make him go, wow, you know, you're going to be definitively the guy they kind of know what he is because he started 75 games in the NFL. So there's not a lot of mystery there. So let's give Kayvon Wallace a chance to show what he can do. And he's, he's looking good. And then like I say, Sidney Brown is doing some things as well. So safety, it's, it's a little uncertain, but I, f- I feel like the Eagles probably like their safety group more than some people think. And it's the second time in two segments, I've been able to use the word ironic. It's kind of ironic at safety because I just raise a hand and say it's, it was certainly my line of thinking. Kayvon Wallace was surpassed by Reed Blankenship. Coming into last year, Kayvon Wallace was going to be the guy. All right, well, he'll be the third. We've got two good safeties uh, when CJGJ shows up and immediately shows that he can play. All right, we're good at safety. Just got to have a number one backup. That'll be Kayvon Wallace. Wrong. Ends up being Reed Blankenship because he flat out played him during the preseason. That goes to your point of the 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 coaches are not beholden to where or how you were acquired. They're just going to evaluate you for what you do on the field for them. And Blankenship did that much that he elevated himself on the depth chart. Now this year, it could be Blankenship and Kayvon Wallace together. Uh, and even though Kayvon would be a bit of a surprise for us. I just talked about this with Johnny Mack before you came. I want to get your take on it too. Surprising in camp has been the fact that Marcus Mariota has not looked good when he's gotten reps at the quarterback position. Now he's getting him with the second team. The second team center has not been good. A lot of problems with snaps and the like, but there've been a bunch of plays where Marcus has gotten a nice clean snap and protection and had time and he air mailed the throw to his wide receivers. Um, Anytime the starting quarterback goes down in this league, or I should say 90% of the time when the starting quarterback with San Francisco last year, being the exception, you go, Oh shoot, we're screwed. 
because uh, there's a drop off. There's a reason why one guy starts and the other's the backup. And on paper, this was a pretty good drop off. Anybody from Jalen Hurts to whoever is going to be a pretty good drop off. Did the Eagles mess up their selection at backup quarterback this year, bringing Marcus Mariota in? Little crystal ball got to predict for me, Tommy. The, are you nervous about that? Not really. Uh, you know, backup quarterback, you go through training camp history, and there's a lot of backup quarterbacks who struggled. Playing with the backups just does make things challenging for them. There's just no question. You go back to 2017, and Nick Foles was stinking up the joint. And then I seem to recall he did okay toward the end of the season, won a, a key game or two. <laughs> memory serves, right? Uh, and so really, it, you never know what the coaches are grading those guys on. You know, the coaches may focus more on decision-making and say, listen, if you're throwing to A.J. Brown, that play is going to work. You're going to make a better throw. He's going to be more open. The timing's going to be better. So they may focus more on decision-making. You know, I don't, I don't know. I, it'd be interesting to speak to coaches about that if you could get them truth serum and find out what they really think. We know what they would say, you know, through the uh, press conferences. Everybody's great. We love them all, and things are all rosy. Uh, there's no question that, that Mariota struggled. He's not throwing the ball consistently well. His accuracy has been an issue. He's running way too much. And running is great in games. You know, you're making plays. But in practice, you don't want to run. You want to throw that pass. You want to give your receivers a chance to make plays. You want to see the defensive backs in coverage. So you want that ball coming out of the quarterback's hands. Him scrambling doesn't really do much. It makes something fun for the fans to watch that are at practice that day. But the, the coaches want to see that ball come out of his hand. And the fact he's not pulling the trigger, um, you'd rather him pull the trigger and, and take some chances than what he's doing. So I'm sure the coaches aren't thrilled that he's running as much as he is. But they also, like I say, they may be grading him a little differently, knowing the circumstances of who he's playing with, what have you. Um, I tend to think if Marcus was on the field with the starters, had practice, was ready for a game, I think you'd see a better version. At the same time, let, let's be honest, he's a backup quarterback for a reason, right? Uh, he's not going to be in, in the anywhere close to Jalen Hurts. So uh, can he be good enough as the backup this year? I think so, sure. But uh, he's not a guy that we want to see on the field for six or eight games, you know. Let's hope Jalen stays healthy this year. Six or eight snaps, that'd be fine. <laughs> uh, games, no, that might be a bit much for the Eagles to uh, have to get over. Uh, my buddy Tommy Lawler from Eagles Blitz, that's I-G-G-L-E-S, blitz.com, here with us on Birds 365. All right, uh, this is the segment of the show where I'll advise our streamers who are diehard Eagle fans who don't like when we ask questions about potential problems for the Eagles or point out <laughs> some potential issues and uh, get people ripping me and saying, uh, he's not really an Eagle fan. All right, well, I'll do so again now because I think it's my job to point out both good and bad when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles. You probably have heard by now, Tommy, that Jalen Hurts was ranked the third best player in the National Football League by his peers, by the players going into the 2019 season. Did Jalen Hurts screw up by signing the contract that he signed? Because if he's the third best player, he should be getting paid more than uh, Justin Herbert. He should be getting paid more than Joe Burrow. And oh, by the way, I guarantee you Burrow's going to sign and it's going to be more money than Jalen Hurts because it only goes up. It never goes back this way. It only goes this way. Um, is this going to become an issue that Jalen Hurts, when all is said and done, is going to go, 
yeah, wait a minute. You and I, we, Howie, we need to sit down and redo this deal. The ink is still drying on it, but Jalen Hurts is already uh, in a position where he can say, I'm underpaid. We got to redo this thing. I know it's an anti, it's not an anti-Eagle segment. It's a reality segment. And I apologize to all you Eagle fans out there are going to hate me forever, even bring it up. But uh, it's a legitimate question to you, Tommy. We don't think of Jalen Hurts as a rabble rouser, a guy who's going to come in and, and make waves, but everybody in the national football league is that's just the way I took a call last night. Sorry to go long winded on you on WIP about, why don't teams, why don't players just adhere to contracts? They sign contracts, the contract should be in place. And I'd explain to him, you realize that owners don't guarantee all contracts. And he said, NBA, NHL, well, those sports all guarantee all the contracts. The NFL, that's not the case. Nope. Even Jalen Hurts' big contract is not completely guaranteed. That's why players, when they have unbelievable years like, oh, I don't know, say Hassan Reddick, want to talk about getting their contract redone and reevaluated because that's the way the NFL works. It's in the moment, kind of like Jalen Hurts being the third best player in the NFL. It's an in the moment vote off last season when he was that good. Are we, should we be worried at all that Jalen Hurts is very soon to be, if not already, underpaid? No. And I'll tell you why. He's already thank, answered, you, thank you for saying that, Paul. <laughs> he's already answered the question for you. The fact that he signed first told you it tells you he wasn't in it for every last nickel. If he truly wanted to be the highest paid of the of this new wave batch of quarterbacks, he would have waited for the other guys to sign, and he would have signed after them. Jalen wanted to get the deal done. He wanted to get his money, and he wanted to focus on football. He got so close to winning a Super Bowl last year, and that is driving him like nobody's business to get back there and finish the deal this year. He didn't want to be worrying about a contract during training camp leading into the season. He wanted that in his rear view mirror. Yeah. So Justin Herbert got a few extra dollars. Joe Burrow get a few extra dollars. Jalen doesn't care about that. He wants, he's got big money in, in the bank. He's set for life. He wants to focus on winning. He wants to go win a Super Bowl. He's not going to worry about a few dollars here and there. Should, uh, and I mentioned him as well, Hassan Reddick, which let me just set the record straight here because I'm already taking, uh, you know what, on the on the commentary here on the stream. <laughs> the media did not bring up Hassan Reddick's contract. Hassan Reddick brought up Hassan Reddick's contract because he was asked a question about how he grades himself, how he motivates himself. And he said, you know, we have players in the league who motivate themselves, who get themselves driven by their contracts. He brought up contracts first. He wasn't asked about a contract. He took the conversation there. Then the follow-up question absolutely went to contracts, and then he went off on it. Um, But he, again, did not say, yes, I need to be uh, paid more. I need to renegotiate. He didn't do that. So that's to Hassan Reddick's credit. But this line of uh, Hassan didn't bring it up. The media did. No, no. Hassan brought it up. So sorry for that, Eagle fans. If you want to continue to believe that untrue narrative, that's not the way it went down. But it became a story here in town. It's kind of been pushed to the background again, which is a good thing. Um, But we'll see if Hassan plays any. Do you think he's going to play any in preseason? We know what Hassan Reddick is. Do you really think Hassan Reddick needs work on the new Sean Desai defense? I don't. Are we going to see Hassan Reddick 
play at all in the preseason. I'm sure he's going to play some of the joint practices because his coaching staff put an emphasis on that. But is this story going to go away that uh, Hassan Reddick and the Philadelphia Eagles should be talking about a contract extension? He I, he will not play in the preseason. You're right. He'll play in a joint practice. You're absolutely right on that. Um, listen, the Eagles will have a good feel for what his true feelings on us are. They could wait until next offseason and address his contract. Then they'll have two years of information, and they could say, all right, you've outplayed your contract. There's no question you outplayed it, but you have to be careful about a guy outplaying it after one year, right? Because one year is that anomaly. You know, uh, Jason Babbitt had the one 18-sack year and then never came close to that again in the NFL. All right, so let, let me interrupt you, and I'll let you finish your thought. For me, just if I were a general manager, the perfect time to do something like this is midway through a contract. They only signed a three-year contract with him. So he hasn't reached the midway. And you're right. It's still just one year that he had this unbelievable season. But if you wait till the end of the year, now you're two-thirds of the way through the contract. And you only got one year left to go. And if you're Hassan Reddick, you want it done ahead of time. So the, the, the optimum place to do it would be like mid-season this year because you're in the middle. There's more than a year left. You're more than a year into the contract. Is that feasible that, that it, the Eagles do something in the middle of the season? It, it's possible. And, and this is where you and I are on the outside. We don't know what, who, uh, what his agent is like and Howie Roseman is going to have a good feel for that agent. And if he, if Howie feels like I can talk to the agent during the season, we can work out some incentives and make this all go away. Cause they don't need to give him a new contract. Just add some incentives. And I, and I think you can solve a lot of this. So uh, if you just tweak his current contract and if, and if how he feels like it won't be a distraction to Hassan and you can work on it into the regular season, if they feel like Hassan's really upset, this has to be dealt with now, then you, you get with his agent right now and you make it a, a focal point. And you work now again, you're working behind the scenes, but uh, I think this is solvable. It, it isn't like he's halfway through a contract that you know, he's like year three of a six year deal or something like that, you know, He's, he's played one year on the deal, he, and he got good money. It's not like a guy's super underpaid. He's just he, – he played better than anybody anticipated, right? So this is not like a guy who's getting $1.5 billion or something like that. You know, he made, what, $14, 15000000 bucks last year. Yeah, so yeah. He, got a, he had a good deal. They just need to tweak it a little bit to uh, give him some more in case he has another 15, 16, 17 sack year. You want to make sure that you're, you're paying a guy and he's, he's, uh, he's happy. Let me ask you a question about incentives just in general. When it comes to football, I'm tentative about it if I'm a general manager because there's play calling on a day in, uh, down in, down out basis where you're going to ask guys to do something the great majority of the time, but every once in a while you're going to have a Hassan Reddick coming off the line and actually having to cover a back, coming out of the backfield, whatever. And that is predetermined before the players run. And if you're making that much more per sack, you get ahead of postage rate increases this year with stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code program for a four week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program. You don't ever want that play called from the sideline. You want to be going up the field on every single play all season long, because I make that much more if I'm going to get sacks. So you get a guy who, depending on the play call, isn't happy with it. And he comes over and he lets his coach know about it. And then you're not staying in the moment of the game. Does that 
bother you at all? Does it cause you any fear if you're a general manager, be giving a guy an incentive-laden contract who then might look at the way the play calling is going down as a deterrent from them keeping the chance to make their money? There's some risk there, for sure. No, no question about it. Uh, Hassan, I feel like, is enough of a team player that, you know, again, I, I think he's going to focus on the, the big picture, trying to win. And it's not like you're going to give him a million bucks a sack, right? You know, we don't know if you're talking about 50,000 bucks a sack, 100,000 bucks a sack, whatever you, you're giving him. So if he gets 14 versus 16, it's not like it's a fortune that he's losing. Uh, and again, he's got a good salary to start with. This is not like a player that they signed on the cheap and he's just way outperformed the deal and he is just miserable right now. He's just he's a little frustrated that other guys are making more than him. He feels like he was the best pass rusher in the NFL last year. Mm-hmm. So I, that's a reasonable take from him. And uh, and I think he's going about things the right way. This isn't like some T.O. situation where it's some huge distraction, whatever. He's just letting the Eagles know, listen, you know, I had a great year last year. I have a really good contract, but maybe not a great contract. I'd like a great contract or reflect a great year. So uh, I don't I don't have any problem with what he's doing. And incentives, you're taking a chance there, but there is no perfect solution other than you just hand a player a gazillion dollars and say, let's keep him happy. Well, that's that's not the NFL. You got a salary cap, you got teammates to worry about, things like of that nature. So you have to to take some risk somewhere. So I think incentives, uh, I think if you're dealing with a high character player like Hassan Reddick, I think you'd be okay. All right. Uh, let me uh, ask you one more thing. And Again, there are directions that the NFL is taking and Eagles either get out and lead or follow suit with certain positions in the National Football League. All the rave all offseason was the devalued running back. Well, the Eagles had already done that. They let Miles Sanders walk. They brought in guys for less. They trade for DeAndre Swift, who's on the last year of a rookie deal. So you know what his cost is going to be, not outrageous. They get Rashad Penny on the chief. They get Boston Scott back on a very uh, team-friendly deal. Uh, So Miles Sanders making more money than the entire Eagles running back room. They're in the mix with everybody in the NFL. I think they were in the mix with the NFL in the devalued linebacker position, and they had to acknowledge that this weekend and add guys. Again, don't know the details on the contract yet, guaranteed money, but at least the way it's been reported minimally to this point, each of the two linebackers they sign have a chance to make up to $2.5 million. We'll figure out how up to is broken down coming up. And then you have the position that's already been devalued for years in the National Football League. And that's kicker, be it either punter or place kicker. The fact that teams will just say, well, we'll get somebody off the street when need be just blows my mind in something as important. And I think kicker is more important than punter. But don't tell that to Eagle fans when they have a punter get off a Shankopotamus in the Super Bowl and it ends up being a major factor in them not winning the game. Yeah, I wanted to come out and make fun of the Cowboys today because they had to cut their kicker, Tristan Vizcaino. Who, who's Tristan Vizcaino? It was the Cowboys kicker up until two days ago. Now their kicker is somebody named Aubrey, who I've never even heard of. He used to be a soccer player. He played professional soccer, and then he played for Birmingham in the USFL. First time he ever played football in his life. And now he's their lead kicker in camp right now. So, I, the the fact that the NFL just doesn't put any money or any effort into having the best kickers boggles my mind. So I wanted to poke fun at the Cowboys today, but 
But then again, Aaron Sipos is still here as the Eagles punter. <laughs> uh, is this going to be a catch-as-catch-can off the street? If Sipos doesn't get the job done, are they going to be reaching out for a new punter before the season, in season? How concerned are you with the Eagles' punting situation? It's definitely something to, to pay attention to. Um, the Eagles had the fifth fewest punts in the NFL last year, so it's not a critical position for them the way it would be for a team – I don't know, say like the Tennessee Titans that runs the ball, plays possession-heavy football, field position's critical for them. So for them, punter's a position that you really have to have a good player. The Eagles are going to go for it on fourth down. They have an aggressive offense. They throw the ball down the field. So they don't have as many punting situations where it's critical. Uh, but that said, we saw it, it, it hurt them in some games in a regular season, and it absolutely crushed them uh, in the Super Bowl. So they need to be better, whether that's Sipos or somebody else. You know, they brought in Zentner, the, the undrafted rookie. He's not impressed this summer. Uh, they will be watching other other games, preseason games, and, and, and checking the waiver wire to see if there's a better option. Now, the Eagles still like Sipos. There's something they like about him. I don't fully understand it. But they, if they feel comfortable with him, they'll go with him. But I, I guarantee they're at least looking around to see if there are better options. You know, last year when he got hurt, they brought in Brent Kern, the veteran, but a great track record, and Kern just struggled. So there's not always great punting options available because it's not just about leg strength. It's about skill of, of getting that ball, getting hang time, getting accuracy. And that's a, a, a tough thing to for, for guys to, to kind of hone those skills. And uh, there's just not 32 really good punters in the world. So sometimes that's a position where you have to go, go with the guy that you feel like is – good enough and Sipos, you know last year he was good enough for it help win a lot of games just not good enough to help win the super bowl tommy for any of our streamers that are planning on going to eagles i-g-g-l-e-s blitz.com what's the next uh posting going to be about yeah, give us a little bit of a hint to be on the lookout for it i'm gonna write up right about how negative jody mcdonald is and ah, shouldn't trust killing him. me now i gotta hear it from you it's bad <laughs> enough i gotta take it on the stream i gotta take it from you too lawler you know what can i say the topics present themselves so. yes they do and i present no. them and get your input johnny mac's <laughs> input and yeah our streamers input i know john would be disappointed if i didn't come at you with something that's like that, good so. yeah i know i got it just ha having fun that's what we do here on birds 365 and you <laughs> add to it whenever you come on. Tommy, thanks. We'll certainly be getting you up before the season gets underway. Appreciate Sounds it, good, buddy. buddy. Thanks. Tom Lawler, Eagles, I-G-G-L-E-S, Blitz.com. All right, Jody Mac coming back. Uh, we'll get Ricky Ricardo up. Ricky will come on, and he'll do nothing but tell you how great the Eagles are going to be. I'll ask him some questions about question marks going into the season for the Eagles. Ricky will have all the answers. Uh, it'll be a foregone conclusion that they're not only going to, but win the Super Bowl again. Maybe that's what it'll give us. I don't know. You're going to have to stay tuned to find out. Ricky Ricardo, voice of the Eagles and Espanol, joining us hour number two here on Birds 365.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428-267-261-3428. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Johnny Mac here with you on Birds 365. Johnny Mac already over at Eagles practice. Uh, so he was with us for the first half hour, then uh, made his exit uh, to get over to the Novacare complex. Uh, we just had uh, our buddy Tommy Lawler. Tommy Lawler. He has never taken a shot at me before, but he had to take a shot at the Mac man today. In in good fun. I know. I get it. I, uh, not mad at Tommy even a little bit, but. I just was taken aback by it because he'd never done that before. Good on him. Uh, he caught me off guard. Uh, but I uh, always appreciate Tommy Lawler. Ricky Ricardo is going to join us coming up in just a couple minutes. The voice of the Eagles in Espanol. And he's got a Eagles and Espanol announcement to, to make uh, today, which uh, for those of you who l- listen to Ricky in Spanish. Now, I know a whole bunch of you like Ricky on WIP as well. You should. Does a great show. Um, may or may not listen to him in Espanol. If you do, muchas gracias, says uh, Mr. Ricardo. Um, but uh, he's he's a straight shooter. That's why I like Ricky, and he'll straight to shoot. Uh, he'll st- shoot us straight today when he jumps on with us today. And I like to think of myself as a straight shooter. It's funny when I shoot straight, if it's not just singing the praises of the Eagles, some of you guys on the stream take me to task and uh, have to remind me that I was a Cowboy fan 20 years ago. 
Now, 20 years ago was the first 40 years of my life. Uh, so I'm not trying to dodge a bullet and say I wasn't a cowboy fan. I was. And I was uh, very outspoken about it uh, in the 90s on WIP when I was. But it's been a long time since I've been a cowboy fan. So if, if you're going back to ancient history as to why I'm pointing out potential, and this is all they are, potential shortcomings of the Philadelphia Eagles, then I, I just can't, I can't win you over. That's fine. Um, nor do I care about winning you over. Uh, I'm, I think my job is to bring up all aspects of the Philadelphia Eagles here on Birds 365, good, bad, or indifferent. And yes, there is much more good coming into the season than there is bad or indifferent. But we're seeing indifferent kind of rear its ugly head at the linebacker position this week. Uh, that's why I asked Tommy about the punter position that uh, the Eagles may be in within the next couple of weeks if Aaron Sipots doesn't dazzle at either practice or in the joint practices or in uh, the uh, couple of preseason games. Yeah, punters, they do get run out there. Uh, they're not a protected class when it comes to preseason football, they they got to go out there and actually kick. Uh, and again, if it hadn't happened in the Super Bowl, I think that you might be right to go, Jody Mack, shut up about punting. Why are you bringing up punting? Who cares about punting? It is a undervalued skills uh, position in the National Football League. That's my opinion, uh, whether it be the Eagles or the Jets or the Carolina Panthers or the Seattle Seahawks or any team. I think the NFL just in general does fly by their fly by the seat of their pants stuff when it comes to the kicking game. Yeah, that's my opinion. So I'm going to bring it up from time to time here on Birds 365. But hey, the Eagles are still the team to beat in the NFC. That's my belief. You know that I've, I've told you here on the air, I've already put my wagers in for this upcoming season, an all-green Super Bowl, and I'm not, not worried about the environment. I'm just giving you team colors. Eagles against the Jets come February this year. So if I was an Eagle hater, I wouldn't be betting on them to go back to the Super Bowl for the second consecutive year. All right, let me get a quickie timeout in here. I see my guy. Ricky Ricardo, the voice of the Eagles and Espanol, is in the green room. He will join us next here on Birds 365. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first. 
Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. the greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles all right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go up, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. You got uh, Birds 365 here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Appreciate everybody who streamed in. If you're on the line and you're uh, checking us out, you can go ahead and hit that like button. You got to like the fact that the voice of the Eagles in Espanol is joining me, Ricky Ricardo. Mi amigo, que pasa? Good morning, my friend. I'm dedicating this appearance today to my buddy Kevin Brown, the voice of the Baltimore Orioles. So I'm just making that very clear. I'm in support of my man, Kevin Brown. So I'm, I am dedicating today's appearance to him. Okay. You can explain the situation. To I, I, I will quickly, and I will also cover my own backside here. Uh, and Ricky comes to us. Uh, free O charge. We don't pay Ricardo for his appearances, nor does John McMullen get paid when he opts on WIP with Ricky. So it's kind of a one hand washes the other thing. I actually do get paid $14 and 12 cents an hour. Um, and if I get suspended today for spitting facts about the Eagles, I guess I shouldn't be sh- shocked because yeah, your compatriot from the Baltimore Orioles found the same thing at his doorstep. All he did was state facts. And I thought he was putting a spin on it that made the Orioles look good. But somehow their obnoxious owner took that as uh, making the Orioles look like they were cheap. It makes no sense whatsoever. I don't know how that came down, but it was an embarrassment for the Baltimore Orioles. The interesting thing is the facts that he gave out are on the team's daily game notes. So he, all he did was read from the team's game notes that day and still got in trouble for it. So I'm hoping that PR person, not that I'm, I'm going to sound like such a bad person here, um, but I hope that person got suspended too. Because if you put him in the game notes, yeah, the announcers are going to use them. Suspend them all. Oh, that's right. You're trying to win the American League East. Maybe you shouldn't be trying to do that right about now. But here's the good news, Ricardo. You will be able to solely focus on the Philadelphia Eagles by October because you're not going to have to worry about Yankee postseason games. It's a kind of a double-edged sword when your team is, uh, you know, steadily going in the wrong direction, shall we say. 
Now, I heard your prediction of an all-green Super Bowl. Correct. Like you, Jody, as you know, I was born and raised a Jet fan, although obviously my my loyalty has swung completely 95 miles south to the Philadelphia Eagles. But I think that would be rather interesting, and, and, and it is not out of the realm of possibility that Aaron Rodgers and the Jet defense have enough to get them through the AFC – and I would welcome anybody in, in Las Vegas would welcome anybody other than Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes again. So did uh, did you catch uh, the Rogers interview in game in the Hall of Fame game the other night? Uh, no, I was doing a ball game. So okay, you were yeah, I, uh, I forgot you were uh, probably at uh, Yankee Stadium or somewhere else. Yeah. Um, if you go back and catch it. I was really pretty impressed by him because my opinion of Rodgers has not changed. He might be the most talented quarterback to ever play the position. Not the best because that incorporates accomplishments and he's got one Super Bowl and that Brady guy has that many more. So he's the greatest of all time. But if you're just talking about the skill set needed to play quarterback in the NFL, he might be the best who's ever played. But he's a bit of a diva and he's a bit of a whack job and ayahuasca and dark retreats and the like. So I never know what's going to come out of his mouth. He was, he was really on point and, and very positive about what he expects to do with the jets and his commitment to the jets. So if you're a quasi jet fan, uh, go check that out and then go, Oh man, Jody, you get 90 to one. If the jets beat the Eagles, which I bet that 90 to one, if the Eagles beat the jets, it's only 80 to one because the Eagles are more of a favorite coming into the season. But those are my two wagers, and I'm, I'm feeling good about them both. Uh, so we'll see how that shakes out. All right. From the Let Eagles' perspective, go ahead. Let it ride. Uh, I, I'm in. Uh, from an Eagle perspective, late addition linebackers. Well, I say late addition, it all it's where you draw your line. Late in that they didn't sign them during the offseason, waited until camp opened up, got a peek at their linebackers. Uh oh, maybe we need to put more emphasis on the linebacker position. But it's early because at least they have all of camp or most of camp, certainly all of the preseason games to get up to speed. What do you make of the Eagles at this time jumping in and not signing one, but two? Is this Howie's new modus operandi when you see a position that needs a bit of an upgrade? No, no, we're not bringing in one. We're bringing in two guys. We need a safety net to the safety net to have guys who did it last year at the defensive tackle position. What do you make of the two new linebackers added to the Eagle roster this week? You read my mind. Last year, obviously, and Dominican Sue was one of the two guys they brought in to reinforce the line. I'm a big Miles Jack guy. I, I always was. Now, kudos to Howie Roseman for seeing a potential issue. We have a an ankle injury with Nicobe Dean. You don't want that to get out of hand or maybe that for that to slow down anything of this train moving forward. Uh, so kudos to him for for getting aggressive and making sure that these guys don't fall uh, on some other roster possibly between now and the time we uh, get to Foxborough on September the 10th. I've always been a big Miles Jack guy. The linebacker position and say, look, the only concern I have with this team, Jody, is down the middle of the defense, linebackers and safety. I, I think up front we're fine. I think I, I like our corners. We have a lot of youth, obviously, and, and – if we're going to have the same scheme defensively now that we did under Gannon, you also know that linebacker is not 
in this particular scheme, not as important as it might be on some other defensive coordinators' radar. Having said that, though, I thought last year, and actually going back a few years, linebacker has been the quote-unquote weak link of the defense. Kudos to Howie to get this done now. As you just mentioned, there's plenty of time to get them integrated into the system. They'll probably see some time even starting this weekend in Baltimore. So, look, I'm, in, I'm impressed by everything Howie Roseman does. This guy has taken the position of, of player personnel and general manager and the like to another level in these past few seasons. Executive of the year? No. Executive of the decade. Ooh. Executive of the century for me, for Howie Roseman. But I thought it was interesting uh, when I read about that on Sunday. Uh, but uh, of the two guys, I'm a big Miles Jack guy. Uh, and we'll see what Miles Jack brings to the table. But in redoing the linebackers, you said last year with Gannon, certainly. And we expect this year's defense to be similar. Not exactly the same, but similar. True. Not as much of an emphasis on linebacker. 159 tackles is a lot to replace. And that's what T.J. Edwards got last year. Is N'Kobe Dean going to be able to get into the neighborhood as many as 159 tackles? Now, Edwards was not a playmaking linebacker. He doesn't force fumbles. He doesn't come up with interceptions, but just a stone-cold solid tackler. N'Kobe Dean going to be able to do what he did? I hope so. I was I, I loved him coming out of school. I think he's got the tools to be able to do it. Now, remember, T.J. Edwards didn't appear overnight, okay? Remember, this is a, a kid out of Wisconsin who, you know, nobody really had on their radar to be as good as he turned out to be, but it took him a few seasons to develop into the T.J. Edwards that we saw last year. My fear is that if, if N'Kobe Dean hasn't caught up to that, it, it may take him another year to get the best out of him. Now, I think he, I think Dean is surrounded by, by more talent, more young, pure talent than Edwards was at this same stage in their parallel careers. Am I confident that Dean can get to those numbers? Second-level defender, as you mentioned, Edwards wasn't a big playmaker, but when the plays got to him, he was able to make them, which, you mm -hmm. know, when you think about it, is just as important. I'm banking on Dean being better in time than Edwards, I think, is a better athlete. All right. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about the Eagle offense with you as well, Rick. Um, last night we found out, according to the NFL players, Jalen Hurts, third best player in the National Football League, trailing only Patrick Mahomes and Justin Jefferson. NFL.com released their top 10. They had been slowly releasing their entire top 100. Top 10, Jalen Hurts comes in at number three. Ahead of Joe Burrow, number six. Ahead of Josh Allen, number eight. The number three player in the National Football League. We all just accept the fact that Jalen Hurts is like God's gift to Philadelphia when it comes to football. He performs on the field. He handles himself like a pro. He's driven. He says all the right things. Any chance this is a little bit of an ego boost that we'll have any potential downside ramifications? I don't see it, Jody. I don't okay. see it. I don't think the contract. I don't think the extra hype is going to be a negative. If there's one thing about Jalen Hurts that impresses me even more than his physical ac acumen is his mental approach to the game. As the son of a coach, 
and, uh, and obviously a very humble guy and just dedicated to his craft, until I see something distract this guy from his mission of winning a Super Bowl. Here's a guy who's, you know, on his, uh, on his phone has got a picture of losing a Super Bowl to remind him every day to use it as motivation. Until I see something distract him and take him away from his razor-sharp focus of getting back to that game and winning it, that I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I've been around baseball players. You, you and I have both been in locker rooms, clubhouses, uh, you know, for years. And we have seen guys that may have shown up as a country bumpkin, may have shown up as a, a very quiet, introverted guy. In the matter of, of, of seasons gone by, the ego, the contract, the women, the distractions, you know, all that may catch up to certain guys. Jody, I'm convinced this guy is all about football. Right. I mean, there, there, he has shown me nothing, nothing that would indicate to me that I have to worry about Jalen Hurts letting a list, a contract, anything distract him from his mission of taking the Philadelphia Eagles to another Super Bowl. So I understand exactly where you're coming from because I've experienced it. There have been guys that when they have come up to, let's say, the major league level, not so much in football, but baseball, you see guys on a daily basis for such a long time. I'll give you an example. And even even a guy like a Domingo Herman, who I saw very humble one day uh, and very aloof the next day uh, over the matter of, uh, of days and over the matter of seasons, over the course of seasons, mm -hmm. uh, I, as an example. But I don't think Jalen Hurts will let a list or the hype or the fact that he didn't do, uh, you know, the, the TV show for Netflix, uh, nothing of the negative or the positive side. This guy has blinders on. His mission is Las Vegas and beyond championships and I think you'll be just fine. I love the fact that he passed on the Netflix show because yeah. that was my one concern was because Jalen is such a good guy and a dedicated employee and a Philadelphia Eagle through and through that maybe too many people would be grasping at him for his time because he had such a meteoric rise in one season that the commitments, the, 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 the media attention, that he would just try and be too good a guy and not say no. So when he said no to let Netflix, I said, all right, that's a real good sign yeah, for Jalen. Um, but again, playing devil's advocate here, Eagle fans, his new offensive coordinator is a guy who's known him since he was a wee lad and has been around him forever in Brian Johnson. And Johnson is first year in the NFL calling plays. And Shane Steichen to me was phenomenal at it last year here in Philadelphia. So we need to see Brian Johnson as a play call. Not saying he's not going to be good. He could be as good or even better than Shane Steichen. But it's an unknown coming into the season. And the other unknown is, as close as Brian Johnson and Jalen Hurts are, their dynamic, their relationship changes a little bit when you're now the offensive coordinator and the play caller and you're dealing with your quarterback. Is there a chance that they're too close, that they're too tight, that that will be a tough relationship to negotiate because they've known each other as long as they have? I think with this particular player, you're right in theory. I think you are right in theory. The difference here is Hurts. There's something about this guy 
that sets him apart from other players that I may have a concern if it were another set of guys. Johnson, I can't vouch for. Hurts, I think I know enough about and have seen enough and feel good enough about that I don't think it's going to deter him from the mission. Uh, If Johnson has to come down on him for whatever reason, I just don't see it. I see the potential if it were two other guys. And like I said, if if it were anybody other than Hurts, then I would say, Jody, the jury is out. We'll have to see as we go along. I'm going to go in here with blinders on. If there's one thing that concerns me overall about the coaching staff, obviously, is the lack of experience with both coordinators on the offensive and defensive side. I think time and the the fact that they have so much talent is going to accelerate the, the time it takes for these two guys to blend into the positions. And hopefully it'll happen by opening day because you never know, week to week in this league and the emotion of the game in New England, the Brady thing, though, it's Belichick who's trying to catch Don Shula for Pete's sake. So you don't want to have a slip up or trip up here early in the season because of a mistake made by a, a young coordinator. I just don't see it on Hertz's part. You're right. They're very, very tight. They've known each other a very, very long time. I think in this particular case, with this quarterback, I think that may enhance, instead of running the risk of being a, a potential, uh, you know, a, a dynamite field, I, I think this will not only enhance his on-field performance, but I think the comfort level that he has with Johnson is going to keep him in that lane that we just discussed of being humble and dedicated to his craft. Good to hear. All right, I'm going to ask you about three positions that in the National Football League, my opinion, have been devalued. And the Eagles are right there with everybody else in the National Football League and devaluing these positions. But there is the possibility that you can go too far in devaluing. The three positions are linebacker. We already talked about that with the two guys I just signed. And N'Kobe Dean, Willie, or won't he be uh, the equivalent of T.J. Edwards coming into the year? The other two are running back and the kicking game. Let's go running back first. Eagles decided to let Miles Sanders walk away. Uh, signs with Carolina. They put together a running back room that is making basically the same as Miles Sanders. One player, Eagles have five guys under contract. The five guys make about what Miles is going to make this year in Carolina. So they've been able to put together a pretty good-looking room on paper for a very inexpensive price. Did Howie Roseman do a good job, a great job, a questionable job at from last year's running back roster to this year's running back roster? Very similar, except for one uh, big change at the top. Uh, Did he do a good enough job? Is this running back group going to get the job done the same way that it did last year? I love it. I absolutely love it. Swift, Penny, Gainwell, and then your Swiss Army Knife type of guy in Boston Scott, who's also a special teamer. Now, are you ready? I I think those are the four guys. When it comes down to it. Trey Sermon is spit out of luck, even though Nick Sirianni goes bending over backwards to try and tell you how great he looks in practice. And I am a Trey Sermon guy. Uh, I think short of an injury, and Penny's been injury prone, Kenny Gainwell's been very, very reliable. Swift has had, uh, you know, nicks here and there, nicked up here and there. Uh, 
it, it's an it's a great insurance policy to have Sermon as we did last year. But not only did Howie improve the room, made it financially, I don't know the the word I'm looking for here. He he fit a square peg in a round hole to be able to pay some other people and still have an upgrade in talent. I, I think Swift. I put him on that same level or maybe even a step above Miles Sanders. I, I was a Sanders guy. I saw him go up and down the last couple of years. He was a little bit slow to the hole on several occasions last year. You have, you're, you're running behind the best offensive line, in my opinion, in the entire National Football League. I think Howie is, a, is very astute at moving away from players right before their careers start to take a downturn. Carolina may get, I don't know, a year, maybe two of the Miles Sanders that we saw on the upswing in Philadelphia. If they get two years out of Sanders at the money that they're paying, they probably, quote-unquote, Jody, break even. I love the fact that these guys are still on, on an upward climb, these backs, Penny is the guy that interests me the most. I know what I'm going to get from Swift because I saw him doing do it against the Eagles. I know what I'm going to get from Gainwell. I'm convinced. You don't have to, you know, sell me on Gainwell, especially, you know, passes out of the backfield. Boston Scott can do everything. Special teams, the giant killer. Penny is the guy that, that really intrigues me the most in this group. When I saw him in Seattle, when the, when, when the, the, the Pete Carroll offenses had a halfway decent offensive line. This guy was dynamite, Joe. Dynamite. Yes. Uh, that four-headed monster, if you want to call it three backs, and if you want to say Boston Scott, you even want to look at him as kind of an extra or special teamer and Sermon as an insurance policy. Not only was it a brilliant move financially for Howie Roseman, I think it's an upgrade to what we've had the last couple of years. We shall see. Uh, that would be uh, a feather, major feather in Howie's cap if it yep. plays out the way you're describing. Um, and then comes the kicking game. And we all know Jake Elliott's good. He's uh, five, above average. Uh, I'll take my chances with him walking out for a 50-yarder to win the game. Week Decent one, enough. week seven, week nine, week 14. Uh, the, the the kicking game, the uh, – guy who's going to need to make the big field goal i'm not worried at all about the eagles i think they're in dynamite shape punter that could be a little different and aaron sippus is back and mcmullen who goes to practice every single day and tries to take notes when the punting sessions go down say it hasn't been close he has distanced that the kid that they brought in to uh compete with him but it still hangs over the eagles like a dark cloud the punt in the Super Bowl that allowed Kansas City to start inside the red zone, and we know the result of the game now. He really wasn't that good last year. Sorry, Aaron. Uh, love to root for you, but the facts are the facts, and I'm spitting facts kind of like the Baltimore Oriole play-by-play guy here. Hope it doesn't get me suspended. Um, but I have concerns about the punting game. Here's my question to you, Ricky Ricardo. The Eagles opened up, uh, brought back with at least for a day, open arms, Josh Sills, who is on the uh, commissioner's list, charges against him for rape and kidnapping. He was found not guilty in a court of law, so the commissioner raised his 
suspension and he was reinstated by the Philadelphia Eagles. And they had some nice enough things to say about him yesterday when the ruling came down that their dealings with Josh have been great. The court has spoken. Uh, they've said what they've had to say, and it'll be interesting to see how they handle it. And I hope they judge him by his abilities on the field. If they're going to bring Josh Sills back and they weren't just, hey, listen, this is too much to handle. We need to move on with Sills. Why don't they bring Matt Arise in? The punt god who last year was cut by the Buffalo Bills when a accusation, and they were only accusations, not even arrested like Josh Sills was. That was enough for him to get pushed out of the National Football League. He's still out there. I watch this kid because I'm on the air till two o'clock in the morning on CBS Sports Radio on the weekend. So I get to see uh, whack games, Mountain West games, because they're on TV while I'm on the air. And I watch this kid punt and he kicked the football like nobody I've ever seen before, including the great, great guy. Uh, he just was amazing. And I know he's on the collegiate level, but you got that kind of a talent out there. And we assume the reason he's not on a National Football League roster is because of these off-field accusations against him. Why don't the Eagles at least bring him in for a workout? Are you convinced that Sippos is not the guy yet? Completely yeah. convinced? Yeah. What I guess what I'm at, what I'm saying is, I, it, it, it wouldn't shock me at some member. A punter you could probably integrate into the system faster than any other position. So... As compared to a linebacker like the, the two guys they just signed or trying to blend a guy into an offensive line, for you know, for example, I just think that there's still enough time moving forward to where if they don't see enough, let's see these two guys kick this week. Maybe the move gets made. It's, it's a move that can be made basically right up until the time you get ready for opening day. That's a good, so. that's a good point. It's not like you need to learn the system. Exactly. It should take, should take you about two and a half hours of classroom time to sit down and Absolutely. be able to figure out what the team wants you to do when you're called on to punt every week in the league. Obviously, and you just mentioned the Josh Hill situation. I can go back to Michael Vick, and you know, there's probably a, a bunch of other examples. But the Philadelphia Eagles – are an organization that is very fair. They're very fair in, in situations like this. Uh, you know, they, they don't play the card of, uh, of using things as an excuse. You were exonerated. You did your time. But, you know, they are very open-minded and very fair about the way they judge their players. They don't hold things over their heads uh, on both sides, okay? They'll discipline a guy when necessary. Uh, a guy has been proven innocent or has done his time, for example. They're willing to, to embrace them again. So the attitude of the organization doesn't worry me at all. What I'm saying is I'll give these two guys that are the original two in camp some time to either win the job or if Howie's still scratching his head after one or two of the preseason games, then don't let it shock you if we're not having this conversation and maybe that young man gets invited to him or someone else would get invited to camp. What I'm saying is on the 10th of September, I'm confident that the most talented group of guys that are out there available in every position will be wearing Eagle uniform. So because it's a punter, it's not as urgent to get them into camp as some other positions might be. 
So I'll take a wait-and-see attitude on it. All right. So Saturday, the Eagles start their preseason at the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, by the way, let me tick off the Eagles fans one more time. The Eagles are going to lose on Saturday. Not because they're the Eagles. Not because they prep less than anybody else. Not because they got questions at certain positions. They got the number three player in the National Football League. That's pretty damn good. They're going to lose because John Harbaugh just never loses a preseason game. He, <laughs> he puts a lot of effort into it, and the Ravens win every single time they play. So the Eagles are going to lose on Saturday. And that's fine. That's and that's right. Fine. They, no, no skin off anybody's noses. It should not be. You will be in the house to call the game on yes. Uh, Saturday? Yes, I will. I will fly in from Miami on Saturday morning. I will call the game. And believe you me, the my baseball this weekend is the Miami Marlins. Okay, The Yankees are in Miami. And you know, Jody, you know me well enough, I do not miss on any opportunity to call a game in stadium in either Tampa Miami, I'll nice. even go as far north as Atlanta, which I'll be next Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. So, yes, I will be in Baltimore. I will fly in on Tuesday, and I will fly right back out on Sunday morning to get back and caught up to the baseball. But I'm looking forward to being at M&T Bank Stadium, as I will be at every preseason game. I believe there's only one trip this year that I may, that I may do the game out of a studio, which is the Seattle game. But a lot of travel for your boy this season. That's great to hear. Uh, yes, the schedule makers did Ricky Ricardo a solid because they're playing the AFC East, which means you yeah, don't have to go to the West Coast. Uh, the road games of the Patriots right off the bat and the Jets. Oh, that's the drive up the turnpike. So, yeah, very, very easy for you to get to the games. Great to hear you're going to be doing as many games in studio uh, and maybe only one that you're going to need to call on the monitor. What was shame on me? I'm having a senior moment. What was this football stadium in Baltimore before it was M&T? Because everybody changes the name on their damn team, their stadium's names, because they get a new sponsor, the bank that sponsors it gets sold. What the yeah. hell was it before it was M&T? Good question. I think M&T was the original name. For forever? It? You think from day one? No, it, it was something else. And Did it have another corporate name before M&T Bank? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm making this stuff up. But I thought it was something else, which is another thing. that. Yeah. Uh, it's the next door neighbor of Oriole Park at Camden Yards. They're yes. right there, <laughs> one next to the other. So that'll be interesting. I don't know if the O's are home this yeah, week. Yeah, the O's aren't playing. Otherwise, you're going to have a tough time getting in and out of the stadium. That's a pain in the rear end when yes, they're both is. together at the same time. Hopefully that's not the case, or at least hopefully the Orioles are playing a day game if the Eagles are playing against seven o'clock kickoff on. Uh, yeah, well, Saturday. the Orioles played at home this past weekend against uh, your New York Mets, so I probably won't be on the road this weekend. Now, I haven't been my New York Mets for a while, but that's okay. You know, my dad was there for a long period of time, so I, I get it. All right, Ricardo, uh, we will let you say adieu here. We're definitely going to try and get you on at least once more before the season gets underway. Uh, looking forward to hearing your highlights after the fact. Anytime, Jody. You, I McMullen, you guys are the best. I enjoy coming on each and every time. So just reach out and I'll be here for you. Our pleasure. That is Ricky Ricardo, voice of the Eagles and Espanol here with us on uh, Birds 365. And yeah, when Eagles are playing, I, I know that I can go get Ricky's highlights after the fact. And when the Eagles make a huge play, uh, he is phenomenal at it. Uh, yes, we know Merrill. Yes, we know the television guys. And oh, by the way, 
the Eagles are going to have the number one Fox team a bunch this year, be, uh, the number one CBS team this year, because either Fox or CBS, because they got a bunch of games and the whole division between the NFC must be on Fox and the AFC must be on CBS isn't what it used to be. They kind of shared the games. I don't even understand it, uh, but they're going to get first rate announcers and or primetime announcers plenty this year. But then you go back and you catch the Ricky Ricardo call. And Espanol is always a lot of fun, too. All right, Jody Mac coming back. I need to put a bow on the show. Keep it right here on Birds 365. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. I'm Birds 365. Johnny Mac already over at the Eagles practice facility. He'll be back here tomorrow. I will not. I'll give you details on that in a second. Uh, but before we put a bow on the show, I do want to give the Eagles credit for one more thing. Not a big story, but it's just a good note. 
and I think the Eagles deserve some props for it. Yes, Eagle fans on the stream, I am very willing and able to give the Eagles props when I think they deserve them. Sorry, I think my job is to point out questions for you. I guess we could do a whole show going, is Dallas Goddard going to be the number two tight end in the NFL this year behind only Travis Kelsey? You are shooting for some of you Eagle fans. Is he going to be the number one? Surpass Travis Kelsey as the best tight end. We could do flowers and roses all day long, but I think we need to do both. Sing their praises when necessary. Ask legitimate questions about things that are questionable before the season starts. Here's one that probably isn't going to be that big a deal, but I do like it. Um, Matt Leo, who the Eagles have had on their roster the last several years, um, international import, get roster dispensation by keeping a guy like him on your roster. And the Eagles have had him around for a couple of years now, and he's not quite an NFL player. He was close, and that's why they kept him. But this year, with even more guys being added to the defensive line, they just didn't want to string the guy along and say, listen, you you could actually make We could put you on the 53-man roster someday. No, they said, Matt, it's not going to happen, so we're going to move on from you. It was announced yesterday he's going to stay with the organization in a front office capacity. And that's a good thing. And I'll tell you why. Um, not because he's going to be Howie Roseman in 15 years. He's going to take over his next uh, general manager. Field. I don't even know what he's going to be able to do for the Eagles in their front office. But uh, if that's going to happen with an ex-Eagle player, I'd probably tell you it's more likely going to be Connor Barwin, who also an ex-Eagle who came back and has joined the Eagles front office. Oh, by the way, went to two other teams after being an Eagle and still came back here to work for this organization. I think that it sets a little bit of a mindset out there for players in the National Football League that the Philadelphia Eagles are a class organization, that they not only will give you your due as a player, but they'll treat you like a member of the family, that if you come in and you do a good job and the like, that they're not going to just treat you as an asset, as a uh, just a piece of the puzzle, that they're going to look at you as a human being as well. Um, that's a good thing. Because not every Eagle player that comes here is going to get a job in the front office. Then the front office would be 700 deep. Um, but just the fact that they've shown that they will treat you as more than just a commodity as a football player is a good thing because most of the times with free agents, it's going to come down to who gives you the most money, but every once in a while, it's really close. Every once in a while, the money is just about equal and something other than money is the deciding factor for a guy coming in on a free agent deal or not, not often, but if it's one out of every 20 times, wouldn't you want to win that 20th time? Because the guy says, you know, the Eagles are a class organization and they take care of their own. They don't just treat you like a commodity. When you hire a guy like Matt Leo coming in from an international trial standpoint and he ends up getting a job with the organization, I think that's a good sign. I hope it, it rings home for potential free agents down the road like it did for me when I read that story and said, wow, that's that's a good thing. That's a cool thing. That shows you the, the Eagles do look at their players 
as human beings, not just commodities out there on the football field. So I give the Eagles uh, some significant credit for that. Now, Matt Leo, go out there and do something. I don't even know what his, his gig's going to be, what it's going to entail. But hopefully he does get a chance to contribute to the organization going forward. And good for the Eagles for finding a position for him. All right, here's the breakdown of the rest of the week. Johnny Mack be back tomorrow. I will not. Um, WIP did ask me to come in and do three morning shows this week with Joe DeCameron. John Ritchie's taking a week off before the football season truly gets underway. So the next two days, at some point, I will be hanging with John McMullen after he's gotten off the air here on Birds 365 because we're doing a show from Eagles Camp. Last year, I got to do a day at Eagles Camp because I filled in with the camera on the midday show on WIP. Now I got to get there at like 5.15 in the morning to be ready to be on the air at 6. Not going to be fun. But working with the camera is usually a couple laughs worth. So uh, I will be at Eagle Camp Wednesday and Thursday, which means I cannot be here on Birds 365. And Friday, they need me to go down to uh, the Borgata and do the morning show as well. So I won't be back here till Monday on Birds 365, but I'll be uh, full of my interpretations, my evaluations of the Eagles for a couple of days in camp. So that should be good. By the time I get back here, they will have played their first uh, regular season game. Already set the DVR because I'll be watching most of the Eagles Ravens, but then I got to hop on here on CBS Sports Radio on Saturday night. Uh, so yeah, when I come back on Monday, man, we're going to have a lot to talk about. Johnny Mack will be here for the shows, maybe not the full shows. And your pal and mine, Xander Krause, is going to come up with guys filling in for me. I could, uh, we could, you could be looking at the new Lou Gehrig who steps in and takes my place. And again, spitting facts sometimes can get you suspended. Ask uh, the play-by-play announcer of the Baltimore Orioles. But my plan as of right now is to be back here on Monday with my bud, John McMullen. You're going to have to stay tuned to see. Uh, thanks to everybody who streamed in today. Hit the like button on the way out. Johnny Mack will be back here. I'll talk to you Monday on Birds 365. You've been listening to Birds 365. The destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.